0: Today's edition of the podcast is brought to you by Coach Me Plus. Coach Me Plus is the leader in athlete management software and a product that I've been lucky enough to be using for a little over a year now. Only rivaled by the impeccable customer service that Kevin and his staff provides, Coach Me Plus' ability to constantly be amoeba-like in their ability to mold and, and matriculate what you're trying to get across and bring together is is absolutely fantastic. Their constant pursuit of better ways and better methods and and innovations and progress to their own product is absolutely fantastic. Go over to CoachMePlus.com. Check out what they got, guys. it's, uh, It's something that I guarantee you won't be disappointed with. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today guys we're joined with Spartan Performance's Joey Eisenman. Dr. Eisenman is working up at East Lansing in a very unique situation at Spartan Performance. What they have and we get into this a little bit is a facility where they're teaching um, students, they're doing coaching education and they're training athletes all at once. It's really a lot of cool stuff going on that a lot of us as, co- as coaches kind of chirp about it, you know when it comes to coaching education. So Dr. Eisenman gets right into that and talking about his background and what they do up there. Then he gets into some ways he sees that we can better connect the analytics or sports science realms with strength and conditioning along with how he sees building better relationships on campus can be done and building better teams with the entire staff that you work with. Um, he's got some really awesome things that they're doing up there. That I'm really excited to see where this goes because I think that this is a unique situation with a lot of awesome stuff. I think the talk was absolutely fantastic. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Thank Doc, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me on the show. Appreciate yeah. it.
0: So let's just give people a little rundown of, of you and, and what's going on up there in Michigan and, and go from there.
1: Sure. So... Uh, I'm a director of MSU Spartan Performance and a faculty uh, member in the College of Osteopathic Medicine. Uh, MSU Spartan Performance is quite unique in that we do sit in an academic unit um, and we provide sport performance services to young athletes uh, in our community in the mid-Michigan area and actually now we're branching out throughout the state of Michigan, Um, but In general, I basically tell people who want to know about Spartan Performance that uh, we can do anything under the sun related to testing, training, or energizing young athletes. Uh, We can do that on an individual basis. We can do that on a team basis, or we can do that with schools and clubs. Uh, So we have a 4,000-square-foot facility uh, that acts as our in-house training center and research laboratory, if you will. Uh, where young athletes come in, and again, they can do just testing. They may do a VO2 max test. They may come in for resting metabolic rate and uh, nutrition analysis and counseling, Um, uh, come in for training, speed training, plyometrics, agility, so on and so forth, or come in for a standalone nutrition appointment and or a sports psychology consult. Uh, most of the athletes who come into the training center, they opt into our holistic training package that we call Speed and Athletic Enhancement, that incorporates testing, training, sports nutrition, and sports psychology. So, with every visit that they come in, they're getting, uh, you know, aspects of training, nutrition, sports psychology, and injury prevention. Um, in addition to that, we have contracts with 18 schools and clubs. Mostly in the mid-Michigan area, but we do have a few uh, throughout the state of Michigan where we do remote training, coach education, and then manage them through an athlete management system um, as well. Uh, So that's roughly 2,500 athletes and coaches that we have to take care of on a daily basis. Um, And the way that we do that is through a fairly robust intern program. Uh, So we start uh, these young people in a course um, that the staff teaches teaches them our methodology Uh, they have to pass a written and a practical examination To first work in the clinic where they're highly supervised Uh, those who want to stay on with us we start introducing them to team training Um, and then once they become what we call a level three intern uh, they are assigned to a team a school or a club so, for example, this afternoon at 2.30 or 3 o'clock, we're going to have our army of interns go out to these 18 schools and clubs and basically serve as the head sport performance specialist at this high school or club or with a youth uh, sports team. So it's a great uh, hands-on learning experience for them. Um, in addition to that, we have some sports science and some data uh, uh, analytics interns as well that, that work. Primarily with me um, and doing research, sports science, uh, handling some data and um, some of those aspects.
0: So out of one facility, you guys have training programs, coaching development slash curriculum and researching the latest methods that are being utilized by coaches out there. Correct. That's not too shabby. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it keeps me busy and my staff. And, you know, actually, we have a fairly small staff. Uh, Besides myself being the director, I have one other full-time person. uh, And then I have two people who are three-quarter time. And then other than that, it's basically interns. Um, So, again, it's something that we pride ourselves in, in terms of the educational model that we're having for what I like to term uh... the next generation of integrated sports performance specialists because as you're well aware uh... these integrated sports performance teams are being formed strength and conditioning coaches are being asked to perform other duties depending on the size of the school that they're at and you know if they're at a high school or with a with a club team uh... they have to know a little bit about sports nutrition they have to know a little bit about sports psychology they have to know the injury prevention aspect uh, return to play protocols and things like that, obviously staying within scope of practice as well.
0: Yeah, no, but that's um, that's really an awesome situation because obviously one of the things that people like to chirp about is that there isn't a great coaching education model in this country. And lo and behold, there's a place where you actually have a coaching education model and one that's also doing some pretty interesting and new research as well. Let's talk about what you guys are working on right now up there in East Lansing.
1: Yeah. So again, our research agenda kind of runs the gamut. We're interested in all aspects of integrated sports performance from uh, training methodology uh, to testing and monitoring uh, sports nutrition and sports psychology. Um, so, You and I were talking a little bit before the show started here about a paper that I'm working on right now. And not even though it's not, you know, uh, original research per se, uh, I think it affects research a lot. And that's this idea that I like to call translational sports science. So in medicine, uh, this is where it started, translational science, translational research, translational medicine uh, is just bench to bedside and the nsca has been talking about bridging the gap for decades now and it's really taking science and applying it um so we have some great research going on in laboratories uh whether it be animal models uh, looking at single muscle fiber uh, muscle mechanics and dynamics to invasive studies with humans as well Uh, but how much of that is actually getting to the playing field Um, and so we need to bridge the gap with that aspect as well. And I think a large part of that also deals with knowledge transfer. So you and I know, and the listeners know that when a strength and conditioning coach or a sport scientist speaks to the end user, and in most cases that end user is the coach and or the athlete, that we have this huge gap in understanding these scientific concepts and principles that we're trying to apply to training and conditioning. Um, So that becomes really important but on the other hand we have this conundrum in the United States where unfortunately it's coach-centric instead of athlete-centric programs and Mike Stone and his group at East Tennessee uh, wrote an excellent paper which I'm sure you're aware of called uh, Servant or Service and it's trying to break down these barriers and obstacles, if you will, with being able to integrate our knowledge, uh, strength and conditioning coaches have a great foundational knowledge in sport science and trying to apply those principles to the athletes. But because we're in a coach centric environment in a lot of situations, I'm not saying all situations, uh, I work in some great situations where the head coach basically says, Joe, tell me what to do. Uh, and it's a great relationship, but unfortunately that's, uh, That's probably rare in the United States. So, yeah, getting back to this idea of translational sports science and taking this wealth of knowledge that we know from laboratory and being able to apply it to the playing field to ultimately affect injury prevention and or performance is uh, a really crucial step in the next years of uh, this industry.
0: So how do you see that gap being bridged?
1: Wow. That's a, that's a tough question. Um, I have a great colleague here at Michigan state, uh, Tim Red Wakem. he's the director of Olympic strength and conditioning. Um, he talks a lot about neck up training and it's not only with the athletes, but it's with the coaches. It deals, it deals a lot with effective communication, uh, negotiation, persuasion, building trust and building relationships and trying to get some of these coaches uh to think a little bit more athlete centered and have a more flat management style. Uh I love Google. I mean, it's amazing, right? We get on we we can find the answer to any question. Yesterday I was driving around and I saw the Google map car and I was pretty pumped about that, you know. <laughs> uh but there's a book called How Google Works and the reason it's such a powerhouse industry uh pr- is they have this flat management style. They hire the right people, uh, they get them in the right seats, and they just they get out of the way and they let them do their jobs. Um I think more athletic organizations need to, to look at these business models of effective businesses because ultimately uh athletic team is it's a business if you look at it from the outside, right? You have people that need to do jobs and you have a product at the end and How do those people get along? Uh, Are they doing their job correctly? Are they motivated to do their job? So there's a lot of principles from business that we can apply to the athletic venue as well. But, you know, to answer this question of how do we bridge this gap, um, I think part of it is getting everybody in one room and trusting each other and respecting each other and staying in your own lane. You know, if you're the expert in strength and conditioning, that's what you're going to do. You don't you don't go meddling in the athletic trainer's business. We know this. Uh, hopefully some sport coaches can get that mindset as well. Uh, easier said than done, no doubt.
0: Oh, no doubt about it. So uh, being in a situation where you're working in academia and also working as a coach, how would you bridge that gap better between – the strength coaches, and the academia world. That seems to be one that um, you're either in a situation where it's very, very affluent and everyone's working really well together, or it's just like two positive magnets and they can't get within like five feet of each other. So how do you see that bridge and how do you see better ways of, of coaching staffs being able to work with academia and vice versa?
1: I think it goes back to the same principles I just talked about, right? And I mean, and we need to think seriously about this in the United States. Uh, You know, as an academic, it's difficult as well, because it depends on what size school you're at. If you're at one of these major universities and you go to the kinesiology department, all those people are chasing NIH grant money. Uh, That's part of their job. Uh, You know, I was telling you before the show started, I, I made the conscious decision to follow my passion and do what i wanted to do so i kind of switched gears um, and entered back into my passion and that's sports performance Uh, but most of my colleagues here at michigan state university who are in kinesiology you know they have to chase nih grant dollars so to be able to go over and work with athletics is going to be a little bit difficult maybe we should change the mind of major universities and again this is just one small uh... faction as well right and that's the large division one universities but we have all these other smaller schools mid-majors and stuff where that environment might be a little bit different for the academic uh... athletic relationship hence mike stones work at east tennessee again right it's a mid-major school he has a little bit more liberty to to play in that athletic playground if you will because he doesn't have the NIH grant pressure at, at that size school But getting back to, you know, bigger places like, you know, the Michigan states, the Michigans, the Ohio states, the Stanfords or whatever, maybe those sporting organizations should start thinking about hiring, you know, PhD sports scientists and applied sports scientists right on with their athletic department. Uh, We know there's a lot of dollars flowing through those departments. So how they want to spend it, do they want to spend it? on a sports coach with the salary going from $2 million to $4 million, or they want to take that $2 million and invest it in sports science and uh, athlete-centered approaches to injury prevention and, and performance, and also longevity of those of those folks. They're going to be alumni someday. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it.
0: Hopefully it, you've taken good care of them, that they're successful alumni, and
1: that reinvestment is uh... – exponentially greater than what you've paid on. Yeah. Keep them around. Yeah. So, so Jay, I think I have one more point on this. And uh, you know, I've kind of talked to some of the folks at NSCA about this. Uh, I think it would be great to have conferences uh, where it's more of an American College of Sports Medicine ACSM slash NSCA kind of event where we get the sports science academics. And they may not even think of themselves as sports scientists. They may be a muscle physiologist. You know, and they're they're doing some of that bench work, but let's get them in the same room with the practitioners, such as yourself, and let's all get on the same page so some of this research can be translated onto the playing field again. No, and
0: I think that that could be actually like a really uh, neat and interesting like roundtable is kind of the wrong word, but almost like uh, like game in a way where you could put like coaches and a couple of high level but like specialized PhDs and the PhD talks about whatever it may be and then it would be, so how could this fit into training? What if we used it in this situation or we were looking at things like that? Like that could be pretty neat.
1: Yeah. You know, and along those same lines, it gets back to the education. Uh, we're not really educating applied sports scientists in the United States. That's why we're bringing in all these Aussies and the folks from Europe, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's very few of us in the in the U.S. who are truly educated in applied sports science. You know, the 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 truth of the matter is, and 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 no disrespect, a lot of strength and conditioning coaches are just being relabeled as applied sports scientists. Oh, no doubt about it. You know they're they're they 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 have a GPS unit. You know this. They have a GPS unit. Now they're the sports scientist, and again, that's the other thing. And Matt Ria, who's the head of sports science at IMG, he wrote a nice little blog about sports science is more than GPS, and it's been around for a long time. You know. Yeah, Bob Alejo
0: wrote a similar post on that where it was like, sports science doesn't mean you do athlete tracking or readiness monitoring. It- it means you're writing papers and, like, researching.
1: Yeah, and, like, and uh, I think on the last episode, uh, you know, Patrick Ward was on, and he was talking about the data analytics and stuff like that. It's, I mean, you have an active laboratory, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm jealous of guys like you, right? You've got tons of subjects running around every day, and you're collecting numbers on them. And it may never be published, but still, how to make sense of those numbers as well. You know, that's the other thing is we talk about sports science and we got to track this and whatever and measure this. But if you're just measuring for the sake of measuring, it's going for naught. I mean, we need to make sense of those numbers as well. And right now it's it's kind of the wild, wild west a little bit with some of those numbers because we're not really sure what they mean. And everybody talks about, you know, sophisticated models like machine learning and, you know, things of that nature, but uh, we don't have a really good grasp on it right now in terms of, the variance that's occurring in a certain athlete, and you know how many standard deviations does it have to float up or down, and all those are going to be individually based as well. Um, you know, it's it, the, the, they're individuals; they're not group means.
0: Oh yeah, and that's a whole other a whole other ball of wax right there when we start talking about what the N of one is versus the team, and, and what we're looking at when we're actually looking at these.
1: Tracking points and and so on and so forth yeah i mean it it it, it relates to this concept of personalized medicine you know then that, that that comes from genetics, but it can be it can be applied beyond genetics because you know as strength and conditioning coaches or sports scientists we're really we really are for the most part interested in the n of one, uh, but collectively we have to look at the group as well to see you know is what we're doing effective for the team as well. But on a day-to-day basis, we're really interested in ends of ones.
0: No doubt. So, Doc, this is some pretty heavy stuff. And this is some some pretty deep thinking. And you're picking up quite a bit here on social media, especially in the Twitter sphere. So let's talk about some some ways people can keep track of you and, and the latest coming out of your lab up there in East
1: Lansing yeah i'm I'm actually a newbie to twitter I'm probably maybe forty eight hours old on twitter right now it's uh it's an interesting it's an interesting playground definitely uh it it's kind of analogous to golf for a professor you know those professors who golf they don't last very long and i think some of the professors who are on twitter too much they may not last either but you know there's some good stuff there to be able to share uh with some other expert Uh, academic sports scientists but also with the practitioners and again this is it's a nice playground where science can meet practice as well Uh, so yeah I've uh, started some activity on Twitter uh, at Joe underscore Eisenman Uh, we we also post a lot directly from our Spartan Performance Twitter uh, at MSU Spartan Perf and we keep a pretty active Facebook page with uh, MSU Spartan Performance as well so those are different ways that, you know, we can follow activity related to myself academically as an applied sports scientist and then also to our organization.
0: Yes. And the website for the organization? Uh,
1: the website is spartanperformance.msu.edu. Um, and maybe one thing I want to add as well, uh, kind of related to the research, but a new product that we have, that I think that can influence uh, a lot of strength and conditioning coaches who may be at smaller schools. Uh we just turned all of our sports nutrition handouts because nobody reads anymore. We turn those into videos. Yeah. So we have a video series for sports nutrition. Each video lasts roughly two to four minutes. Um, so it's a great way for coaches, sports coaches, or strength and conditioning coaches to hold up an iPad and just go through a series of sports nutrition videos ranging from nutrition 101 to performance plates, hydration, supplements, so on and so forth.
0: No, and that's huge. And that's one question that coaches always have, uh, you know, is how they can communicate better with their athletes with how they eat. And that's uh, – I'm so glad you hit upon that because looking through that the other day, I was like, ooh, this is pretty cool. Like this was a really good idea. So I would highly recommend if that's something that you guys have been thinking about putting in front of your kids, you know, talking to them about it, it's a real quick, easy way um, to, to really get a huge point across. But yeah, Doc, I really appreciate you being on with us today, man, and we uh, this is absolutely killer. We will get this up real quick. People are going to love it, man. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for your time, Jay. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, man. We'll be in touch soon. Okay, great. And a huge thanks again to Spartan Performances, Dr. Joey Eisenman, for taking the time out to talk with us today. Guys, again, like a lot of cool stuff and the whole idea of how he looks at it um, with his background being, you know, more academic and, and looking at at the the grant type stuff is is connecting it more and looking at more of a a medical thought process but not handling it in a medical way I think is really fascinating. Plus again, you know, the, the whole setup that they have I think is absolutely awesome and the future's bright for us as coaches if we can find more and more places that are building things like this. You know, there's obviously the Stones in Tennessee, And there's obviously what's going on in Springfield, and to have another location is super. And I think that, you know, what Joey and them are doing up there is awesome. So kudos, guys. Keep up the great work. And if you guys did enjoy this talk, guys, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. Just trying to get great information out to great coaches, you know. And uh, again, thank you, Dr. Eisenman, and thank you to Spartan Performance for what you guys are doing. And thank you guys for listening and being a part of Central Virginia Sport Performance. We'll be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.